1: Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm also
2: your host, Alex Shapiro. Today, we are continuing our Build Your Skincare Routine series with toners. Toners have lots of different uses and purposes, and I feel like there is a lot to say about them. People are very confused by toners, and... Understandably so, because they don't do just one thing. There's always like 10 different things they could possibly be doing. So it's important to know if and when you need to use one. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to chat about them.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, this is going to be a fun episode because... Alex and I were talking right before we started recording about, like, how in depth can we really go on toners? Since we're on the inside, we've got the insider knowledge of what a toner actually is and, you know, how much of a circle square situation it is. You know, like not all squares, not all toners are astringents, but a lot of astringents are toners. Same with exfoliation, same with uh, hydrating mist, same with hydrosols. So... We're going to do a quick little deep dive into this and give you guys some basic knowledge, I think, for what a toner, a true toner is, how they can be used as uh, multifunctional items, and then also how you can use them in different times of the year or or depending on your skin condition. It's going to be fun. Any information is better than no information, especially when it comes to toners, I think. Agreed. So... Before we jump into that, Alex, what's going on with you these days? What's new? Um, Not
2: too much. Oh, I was saying before I'm getting bangs tomorrow. Ooh. It could be bad. I don't know. <laughs> but they'll grow if I don't like them. But I showed the um gal, Aggie, who cuts my hair. She came in for a facial yesterday. And we trade haircuts for facials. And I was like, I want bangs. Wait, have you ever seen the Nick Kroll... Um, The Kroll show where he's like, I got bangs. (laughs) No. The Liz. Port. Okay. Anyway, that's all I can think when I say out loud that I I want bangs. Mm -hmm. But the photo that I showed her, they're really cute bangs. And she said my hair can definitely do that because she was like, some people can't really have bangs. Their hair pattern just doesn't work. Mm. So apparently I have a good bang hair pattern, (laughs) Um, which sorry to brag, but. Love this for you. Okay, this came about because, this is sad, but last week my best friend Lacey, her dog passed away unexpectedly.
1: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, like he's been fine. He did have a tumor recently that was removed and everything was fine, Um, but they were on, on vacation in Rhode Island at her husband's parents' house and I don't know, he was fine all day eating lots of treats and just like being himself and at night he just was acting kind of off like his breathing was weird he had thrown up at one point and I don't know her husband just like was getting a bad feeling and took him I know it was really terrible took him to yeah this is a trigger warning if the idea of animals dying is really sad for you fast forward
1: yeah, this because is I terrible. feel like
2: it's, it's traumatic. But anyway, it just kind of happened really suddenly. He had, he had heart failure. And yeah, they gave him some oxygen and they told him to go home. They were like, you know, we'll keep him overnight. And then they called like a couple hours later and they were like, you should come. We should come back. And yeah, he God, said that when he was terrible. like saying goodbye to him that he mentioned me and Kyle just kind of like naming everyone who loves him. Mm. And he, Tony, their dog came to me in my dream that night. I swear it was him coming to me because in the dream, he the vet called to say that he had passed away and they airlifted his body to us, which makes no sense. He's like four pounds. (laughs) But Kyle was laughing at that part. He was like, wait, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, But I think it's more of a metaphor, maybe. And um, yeah, in the dream, he got airlifted to us, but he was fine. He, He wasn't dead or sick or anything. And I texted them in the morning, and I was like, "He came to me and told me that he's okay, and that he's happy, and that he's still alive somewhere." You know, Mm -hmm. that's that's what the dream meant to me, anyway.
1: Of course, a hundred percent.
2: But it was just sad. Like he was a big part of my life. We all lived together for a long time in my twenties, and Lacey and I were living together when she got him. He was a puppy mill rescue. He was Mm. a pound and a half. He was so tiny and her mom was fostering him and she was visiting her parents one day and she came home and she was crying on her bedroom floor. She's like, I I want this dog. His name is Tony and he
0: makes pizzas.
2: (laughs) Um, so it kind of felt almost like the end of an era kind of totally so that was sad but I was looking at all of these old photos Lacey was sending me all these old photos of me and Tony when she first got him and I had bangs they weren't good bangs <laughs> but I was like if I can pull off those shitty bangs that I used to cut myself I think if Aggie gives me bangs they can look really good <laughs> so that's why this all that's how this all came full circle I
1: forgot that that's how this all came about
2: yeah bangs. What a weird story, but that's how I tell a story. (laughs) Kyle's like, you don't know how to tell a story because you tell five other stories within the story.
1: No, you are a fantastic storyteller. Do not listen to Kyle. You're a fantastic storyteller. And I don't know if he's heard this, but you're a podcaster. So
2: (laughs) someone likes to listen to the random shit that I have to say but Wait, uh, yeah I've got a
1: question about the bangs Yeah, are they like um? I'm picturing like like 2000s bangs like Hilarious. were they kind of blowout bangs or are they I, like flat against your I forehead I wish bangs? I wish
2: I was just like I'm going against everything that everyone is doing right now and I'm gonna get big blowout bangs everybody's no. doing
1: the 2000s right now <sighs> They called like, I I just saw on like Allure or something that Gen Z is calling the Rachel like butterfly layers or something or the butterfly haircut. But it's really just like Rachel slash Topanga slash like long layers from like the early 2000s, late 90s. Yes.
2: Yes. Um, No, my bangs will be very like blended into my hair and uh, a little curtainy,
1: a little Mm, shaggy. A swoosh.
2: They're going to be straight across, but kind of. I'll show you a picture
1: tomorrow night. I'm very excited. My appointment's at 8.30 tomorrow night. (gasps) This is
2: so exciting.
1: Bangs.
2: The final frontier.
1: Also, I can't believe I'll be out at 8.30 on a Wednesday. That's Ah! the biggest deal of all this. (laughs) Gosh, I can't can't wait. I'm very excited. This is the best news I've gotten all week, quite honestly. It might be
2: bad, but you know, bangs grow. You can do things to hide them. So I'm not really that worried. And
1: because we trade, I'm like, I'm not paying for them. So they're free? So it's not gonna be bad you don't have a bad face period so there's nothing about it just make sure we can see your great eyebrows that's very sweet imagine she was just like oh this is free so i'm not really gonna put that much effort into it no did you give her a terrible facial no i gave her a great facial did you just like stab her (laughs) like stab her a couple times or something (laughs) except i cut my finger so i had to wear a
2: finger condom (laughs) while i was giving her the facial so there's that but Anyway, that's kind of what's going on with me.
1: What about you? What's going on with you? Oh, my God. Well, everything that you just said is so much more interesting than anything that's going on in my life. Um, bangs and death. Well, I mean, that's a lot, quite honestly. You're, that's a lot that you're, you're really taking care of. Yeah. Um, what's been going on with me? I don't know. I saw my friend Christy last week, which was really fun. Nice. And we're going to go see Z-Way in a couple of weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, that's really fun. I know. She's my comedy friend. So we saw Michelle Bouteau over the summer, which was great. Um, and now we're going to go see Z-Way. So I'm excited about that. And also, Chrissy's just a badass. Like, every time I hang out with her, she really inspires me because she's such a cool entrepreneur. And she has 17 employees. Wow. I was like, wow. you have 17 employees? And she told me, like, what her payroll alone was, that like, her last payroll. And it was just so inspiring to me to just be like, dude, just keep building your shit. Just keep going. Like just, yeah. So that was, that was really the highlight of my week. Just seeing my homegirl Christy it was a lot of fun and made me feel like um, anything's possible. Oh, I love that. Yeah also um i'm really interested in this like showing people in new york is this a federal thing or is this just a new york state thing that you have got to show post people salaries now
2: yeah i think it's a new york thing it's a law
1: yeah it's really interesting Uh, maybe it's federal but i don't think so i'm like so everybody's just broke that's what i'm taking away from it i'm like nobody's making any money i'm shocked yeah you know a
2: client said something you the other day, she's like, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm going to start going out a little less. Like, I don't want to be in debt forever. And I'm just like, oh, I think a lot of people, especially who live here, they just have to do what they got to do to keep up. Yes. A lot of people don't make enough money to really like
1: live. Yeah. It's kind of shocking because I don't know, like we're all living here, right? We're all look, going to the same stores. We're all buying the same shit.
2: Well, this is why I say that, like, at least being broke ish in New York it's a lot better than in other places like in L.A. I feel like if I lived there, I would feel very, very broke here. Yeah. You kind of just all blend in together because you're because you're all on the subway, <laughs> all taking Ubers or the or, or the subway. You know, you're kind of all eating at the same restaurants for the most part. It's weird, but. I think also because things are walkable. It's like that Mm -hmm. because even if you can't afford that expensive West Village restaurant, you might have to pass it on your way to get to the East Village to go to your like dumpy Thai food restaurant. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all like kind of it's attainable and like it's literally approachable.
2: Yes. Like you can live here and people have no idea whether you have money or not. I think that you can do that. Not always, but I think you can do that. Whereas in L.A., I don't think that you could.
1: Well, it's not even that, girl. It's like I'm looking at these jobs and I'm like, these are titles that I would have thought paid a lot more than this. Like art director for like making $50,000 a year. Okay, Well, that's robbery. Yeah. I mean, look, it was like New Yorker cartoons. Do you know what I mean? So like if I can't if I can trust anything, it's a New Yorker cartoon. (laughs) That's so insane. I know. I know. I was very surprised. I'm not surprised, though. No, you're not.
2: You're, you're surprised. I'm, I'm not. shocked.
1: I'm shocked because how can anybody afford to live here? Well,
2: Also, you have to understand a lot of people who move here come from money and that's, that's why they true. can take jobs that don't pay well.
1: That's true.
2: I'm not saying that's always the case, but I think a lot of the time that is the case. Yeah.
1: Because, yeah, if you're an art director in Missouri, like you're probably living large. But in sure, New York yeah. girl? If you have a child, this is why I always joke, if I see you and you've got a kid, I'm like, okay, so like maybe you're, you know, you could be like me. You've got two kids, oh, so you're rich. If you've got two kids and you're in New York City, and a car. I don't know. And a car, you said? Ah, and a car. Well, that's the thing with L.A., what you were just saying is like if you live in L.A., you also have to have a car. And we can tell by your car if you have money or not. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. God, I don't ever want everyone to have a car again. <laughs>
2: Also, what I'm saying is just like hypothetical, but I feel like it's true. I think I think about how I lived here through the brokest time in my life, but I still was thriving.
1: (laughs) Or we thought we were thriving. Yeah. Like in my own way.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought on that. Is it time for my
1: favorite segment? Why it is. So. Next, it's time for the induction into the Bad Bitch Almanac. In this segment, we pay homage to some of our favorite heroes of past and present. And we teach the beauty baddie community about who they are and why they're being inducted. So Shapiro, who are we inducting into the Bad Bitch Almanac today? Today,
2: we are inducting Loretta Lynn, the country singer from Kentucky. Very excited. I don't even know how I got into her. I honestly never even thought about country music until Kyle and I started dating. He really likes like old 70s country. His mom really likes country from back then, but also newer country. And I heard a song of Loretta Lynn's once that I really liked. And I started Googling her. Anyway, wound up buying a used copy of one of her memoirs. And I was just like, oh, I... I really like her and I like her music a lot. It's not like overly countryish, but anyway, I'll just give you like a quick little blurb about her life. But she was born in, I believe the thirties in Kentucky to a lower income family. Her father was a coal miner. He was also a farmer. Uh, that's why she has the famous song coal miners daughter. Hmm. And she started getting into music when she was pretty young. In the late 50s, she started playing shows, like local little shows. And she wound up getting onto some actual, like a TV show, a talent search show. And she performed on there. And it was just kind of one of those, kind of like similar to Mariah Carey, where it was just right time, right place. And a guy who owned a record company saw her and reached out to her. And that's what started her little like ride to fame.
1: Her little ride to fame. Mm -hmm.
2: And she eventually got married to, I am blanking on his name. So let me look it up really fast. How could I forget? She got married to Oliver Vanetta Doolittle Lynn. And the reason why I shouldn't forget that is because my mother-in-law's Dog is named Daisy, but her full name is Daisy Doolittle Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they had six kids together. Wow. Yeah, kind of insane. And he was honestly kind of a piece of shit. Ah! Yeah, he died in the 90s. So I feel like he was only in his 60s when he died. But he cheated on her a lot. He once left her while she was giving birth. Yeah, they fought a lot and she wrote in her memoir just about, yeah, like what a piece of shit he was, even though he did help her further her career also. But I want to read this quote that was in one of her autobiographies. She says, I married Dew when I wasn't but a child and he was my life from that day on. But as important as my youth and upbringing was, there's something else that made me stick to Do. He thought I was something special, more special than anyone else in the world and never let me forget it. That belief would be hard to shove out the door. Mm. Do was my security, my safety net. And just remember, I'm explaining, not excusing. Do was a good man and a hard worker, but he was an alcoholic and it affected our marriage all the way through. Mm. I thought that was a good description of their relationship. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. But she wound up having this huge ranch in Tennessee where there's like, a recording studio, museums, restaurants. It's almost like a dolly world, I guess, Mm -hmm. like a smaller version. Um, Anyway, she also was like kind of ahead of her time. And she had a few songs that were banned from playing on the radio. Mm. Yep, she had a song that was about the double standards that divorced women face. Um, She wrote a song about a wife and mother becoming liberated by being able to take the pill. Mm. And there was another song in the 60s that describes a wife's anguish, anguish, that (laughs) describes a wife's (laughs) anguish at the loss of a husband to war. And I think just the fact that she was talking negatively about the war was enough for radio stations to be like, nope. And she likes to say that her music has no politics. Mm. So, yeah, I think she was very ahead of her time. Anyway, she died at the end of last year. She died in mm-hmm. her sleep. She was like 90, I think, or close to it. But that's Loretta Lynn.
1: Loretta Lynn, welcome to the bad bitch home.
2: Another kind of rags to riches story. She she was raised very poor. Mm. um, Kind of in the middle of
1: nowhere. In a I remember, holler. I remember when she died just because I know that you loved her so much. And I, had to text, I was like, Alex, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. Well, I was
2: kind of upset, too, because she played she was playing shows up until a few years ago. Mm. And there was one show I i can't remember if it was in New York or it was close by. And I really regret that I didn't go.
1: That's what's hard about um, getting older, I guess, just in general, is seeing your heroes die it's and, wild. Yeah, it's really wild. It reminds me, actually, and now that I'm saying this, I'll do this for next week, is Aretha Franklin. I tried to see Aretha Franklin two times before she died, and both times I get bought tickets, and she canceled her, her shows because she she was so sick, but she wasn't telling anybody at that point. So she would book these concerts and then like cancel them last minute, and that's what forced me to go and see Stevie Wonder because I was like, I have to see these people. Like We've got to see our heroes, and that's why we're doing this show, right? Is because it's or this segment, I should say, because we want to be able to give flowers to our heroes while they're still here and just like celebrate them because too often they pass and you don't have the chance to see them live or to you know share how much you cared about this person how much influence they had over your life totally
2: um a few years ago we saw willie nelson play and he was 85 wow and i just found out that kyle's aunt is going to see him for her birthday in march and he's almost 90 he's like 89 So I think wow. we need to fly down to Florida and go see him play because that could definitely be the last. But just the fact that he's still going playing shows. But if that's what you love, it's mm-hmm. like, what else are you doing? That's awesome. Might as well play till you die.
1: Yeah. And no, people still want to hear you also. That's like such a. I think the weed it's keeping him alive. Definitely the weed. You know, I'm on Team Cannabis all the way. <laughs> um, but anyway.
2: That's it for uh, country music.
1: (laughs) So let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll
0: be talking about toners. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
2: Welcome back. Has everyone just been um, ferociously Googling Loretta Lynn <laughs> to find out more about her life? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um anyway we are going to get to our main topic toners so before I was an esthetician when I thought that I knew stuff about skincare like my little craigslist business I'll take you to the (laughs) to the drugstore and help you pick out beauty and skincare products Mm -hmm. um I thought of a toner as something very astringent like witch hazel something that just like cleaned her skin even more than a cleanser and maybe dried it out so there was no oil. That was always my idea of a toner. And I think that a lot of people have that idea, too, because that's just what we were taught at some point. I don't know. And I think a lot of us maybe dealt with little bits of acne when we were in high school and our moms were probably like, here, use this. And it was like Stridex
1: or, Stridex. Hazel, you
2: know, like tonery type things. Shapiro, you're bringing us <laughs> back right now. Um, but this is the history, the deep history of toners (laughs) goes all the way back to 1995. (laughs) But toners have come a long way and not that there weren't other things that existed back then, but I feel like in the last, especially in the last like 10 to 15 years, they have really, toners have really been having a moment because turns out they can do a lot. They can do a lot more than just dry the crap out of your skin and, you know, get rid of breakouts. So the first thing, I think, Elizabeth, do you want to kind of run us through what we chatted about last week when we talked about cleansers and the pH of our skin?
1: Sure. So last week, if you guys haven't listened, definitely go back and listen to Build Your Own Skincare Routine, um, Cleansers. And we really spoke about what's what we're doing when we're cleansing our skin, right? We're removing the dirt and oil and grime from the day, but we're also going to be uh, adjusting the pH because that's what cleansers do. That's what an antibacterial cleanser, for example, if we're thinking about our skin on the pH scale, the pH scale goes from zero to 14. With zero being very acidic and 14 being very basic or very alkaline, and seven is gonna be neutral. So our skin naturally is going to be at a pH of uh, between a 4.5 and a 5.5. That's where it's really happiest. And so when we say that's when it's happiest, we mean that's when our skin barrier is doing its job. That's when our skin barrier can keep the bad things out and let the good things in. That's when um, our moisture factor is working correctly. It's when our hyaluronic acid is working correctly. It's like when when our skin is really, really happy. And so what we're doing when we're doing anything with our skin, honestly, any kind of skincare products is we're manipulating the pH of our skin. So cleansers, for example, are going to, depending on the type of cleanser that you have, change the pH of your skin. So if you are just gonna use a general antibacterial cleanser, like any antibacterial soap, like any dial gold soap, let's say. A dial gold soap has a pH of a nine. That's what my
2: dad washes his face with.
1: That's what so many people wash wash their face with, and so that's gonna have a pH of a nine, which means that it's really, really basic. And it's a pH of a nine because bacteria can't live in an atmosphere that's so basic. And so, like we said before, our skin is happiest at a 4.5 to a 5.5, which is really acidic. And so, if you're taking your skin from a 4.5 to a 5.5, all the way to a nine, how are you gonna get it back down to a 4.5 to a 5.5, right? And this is what we talk about when we say a cleanser that is naturally going to balance your pH or that is pH balanced or a a cleanser that isn't pH balanced. And so if you have a cleanser that isn't pH balanced, what you need to get your skin back to a 4.5 to a 5.5 is going to be a toner.
2: So there are certain cleansers that are pH balanced, in which case, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for every pH balanced cleanser. I feel like there are random ones that say... They are pH balanced. I can't speak for every single one to know for sure that they are, but generally, if they are, then there isn't really a need for a toner. Because, like Elizabeth was explaining, even once you're cleansed, if it's balancing your pH, then it should leave your skin happy, Mm
0: -hmm. which
2: means you probably will be able to tell by how it feels that it doesn't feel super duper tight and dry and also doesn't feel like there's residue left from the cleanser.
1: I wouldn't necessarily say that that it wouldn't necessarily leave your skin super duper tight and dry because I think that our skin being back to its natural pH and our skin having moisture. So I have naturally dry skin, right? So my skin, even when it is naturally balanced, it's still going to be on the drier side. So it still is going to feel tight and dry. And the only reason that I, I hesitate is because people will say to me, well, I used to wash my face, but it would leave my skin really tight and dry. So I stopped doing it. And it's like, no, 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 you don't stop doing it. You didn't do the next step. That means that you need to do another step to then replenish that moisture with a moisturizer or with a hydrating toner or with something else that you can use to replenish that moisture. So if you naturally have dry skin, right, getting your skin back to its most balance, its natural pH of 4.5 to 5.5, it is going to feel tight because that's its homeostasis, that's where it's happiest. So I think you really need to take into consideration what your skin type is and where we're trying to go from there. Because the other side of that is if you have very oily skin, right? If you have very oily skin and the cleanser that you use removes all of uh, the excess oil, you might still have a little bit more than we prefer to then to move forward into the next step. Because as we were speaking about in the last episode, a lot of products can't get through that extra layer of sebum. And so if you have oilier skin, then we would want to use something that is maybe a little bit more astringent as a toner to remove that excess oil so that then the next products that we use can get deeper product penetration. Beautifully said. Thank you, Zaling. So
2: this is where you can kind of also even decide for yourself what is needed as the next step. If it feels like your skin needs a little more like degreasing... Then you might reach for a toner that has more active ingredients in it. Maybe it has lactic or glycolic acid. That will help to break that down a little more. Maybe it's the opposite and you need a toner that has hydrating ingredients. So after you use it, your skin feels like it's replenished post-cleanse and sometimes A toner like that can also help your moisturizer to absorb even better once you apply it after.
1: I love that you said that, Shapiro. I love that you said that because we spoke about that when we talked about layering ingredients, right? That hydration helps to draw a lot of these ingredients deeper into the skin. Love it for us.
2: Yeah. So there are so many things, easy, quick things you can do to just balance your skin out and make it feel really good post-cleanse. I do think it's really important when choosing a toner to be really mindful of the ingredients Because I think nowadays with so many skincare lines and so many kind of like grabby words, Mm -hmm. like rejuvenating Mm. or brightening, resurfacing, they all sound really nice because, yeah, who doesn't want to be brightened? Who doesn't want to like, when I think of resurfacing the skin, I think of like using like a sander, (laughs) resurfacing (laughs) it. But yeah, if your skin's feeling textured, maybe that sounds really good to you. Just remind yourself that when you see words like that, it oftentimes means that there are some sort of acids, some sort of actives in there. And it might be too much for your skin, depending on what you need and depending on what other um, exfoliating products you use, because Mm -hmm. that could be your exfoliator. A lot of people use the um, Paula's Choice 2% BHA. Do you Mm -hmm. have a lot of clients who use that? Mm hmm. Well, I realized Sephora carries that brand now. That's why it's gotten more popular.
1: Ah, okay. For,
2: for some people, that's a lot of exfoliation. Depending on your skin, if you're doing that and then you're going to go use some other kind of strong exfoliator, it could be too much. So you want to be mindful.
1: Or if you're using a benzoyl peroxide cleanser first. And then, you know, which is oftentimes when somebody has acne or acneic skin, those are the two ingredients that are going to help to fight that acne bacteria, that P acne bacteria. And it can be a lot, especially if you've got, if you have dry, if you've got, (laughs) if you have dry skin and acneic skin like myself, yeah, sometimes I do want to use like throw the whole kitchen sink at it because I've been bad (laughs) or because my skin is just acting up and I want to get rid of everything. But to do that every day, you're really going to be disrupting your barrier.
2: I think 2023 will be the year of the barrier. Mm-hmm. I think and so too. supporting it and not constantly breaking it down with active ingredients.
1: Barrier and microbiome. Yes. Barrier and the biome year.
2: Yeah. Mark our words. Mm. But I feel like when you are choosing a toner, it's kind of similar really to when you're choosing a serum, let's say. Because you're choosing a toner based on specific things with your skin. Like if you're worried about aging and not acne, maybe you're not going to choose a salicylic acid toner. Maybe you'll go for something more like lactic acid Mm -hmm. or glycolic even. So... I think, yeah, you want your toner to not just be this random liquid you swipe on after you cleanse. I definitely Mm -hmm. have clients who use toners and they're kind of like, I don't know, I just use it because I feel like I'm supposed to. Yes. But make it like do something for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Shapiro. I agree. I agree. And if nothing else, if you're just sitting there and just like, well, I don't have any problematic skin, hydrate. Because you're living. You're a human being. And (laughs) just by being human, we're naturally dehydrating ourselves from the salt, from the alcohol, from the smoke, from the pollutants, from the sun, From everything. Like the earth is just taking all your water.
2: (laughs) It's true. And what you were saying before about how maybe sometimes you're using more actives than others, I think the number one thing to always remember with your skin is like, yes, a routine is good. And there are certain ingredients or products that you want to use on a regular basis to see a difference in your skin. But I really try to educate my clients on being super intentional with how they do their skincare routine. Like, think about what your skin needs right then and there yeah maybe you're not going to use your i don't know let's say toner or serum that's geared towards acne tonight because your skin's really been behaving and it actually needs something that's more hydrating mm-hmm. so maybe tonight you're going to use your hydrating toner instead of your bha this is just an example yes but i think it's really important to not just to not overuse certain things and to also give your skin what it needs in that moment because that can vary day to day that can vary by season
1: totally We should also say that another word for toner is essence, especially with uh, Mm -hmm. Korean skincare.
2: Yes, it sounds so much nicer.
1: It does sound so much nicer. And I think that they tend to be more hydrating products rather than astringent products. But just so that we're all on the same page, like essence, hydrosol, floral water, refreshing mist. These are all different words essentially for a toner.
2: I also feel like I have such mixed feelings about this, but I had a client the other day who she cleanses her face And then she'll use toner on a cotton round Mm -hmm. to swipe around. And that's how she'll see if she has removed all of her makeup. Mm -hmm. But I tried to tell her, I'm like, okay, if you do that swipe and there's makeup on your cotton round, that doesn't mean all the makeup's gone now. Yeah. Like you might need to be more thorough with your cleansing. Don't rely on toner to do a ton of cleansing for you.
1: Yes. Yes, Shapiro. I'm so glad that you brought this up. That's not his job. Its job mm-hmm. isn't to cleanse your skin or to remove the excess like makeup. Its job is to do what we just spoke about. Either adding hydration, adding an exfoliating uh, ingredient, removing excess oil. It's doing something else besides just like, or yeah, or even like a lot of them will say like it's, you know, this is like the step to cleanse your pores. Even that, you know, I would say let your cleanser do that. And a washcloth. And this is what we, you were talking about last time. This is why if you've got makeup, you should be double cleansing. And I think you should be doing an oil cleanse first so that you're not mm-hmm. stripping your skin completely of all of its moisture and impairing its barrier. Because oil dissolves oil. And so this is how I always remove my makeup first is I'll do like several huge pumps of, of my little oil blend. And I'll just like go over my whole face for I don't know, just walk around the house, just like oosh, 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 oosh. what am I doing right now? Just um, going in circles, I guess, with my hands all over my face, and then I'll take a what, like a warm washcloth, and then I'll remove all of my makeup, and then I'll wash my face.
2: Yes, that sounds beautiful. It's music yeah. to my ears.
1: It sounds nice. I kind of want to do it right now. It's just nice to touch your face. Yeah, like give yourself a nice massage.
2: Yeah, I try to make it seem more of like a ritual and not just this like annoying thing that I have to do. Totally. <laughs> Like I'm treating myself. I'm using a nice cleanser. But um, what I also wanted to say about toners is because, again, they are not used as a cleanser, especially if I'm just using like a hydrating toner. I don't use a cotton round. I put some on my hands and massage it into my face because, again, it's not meant to be a cleanser. Mm -hmm. I want these ingredients to get absorbed into my skin. Mm -hmm. So there's also that. Now, if you are using witch hazel, I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> I guess
2: you're using a cotton round. I don't know.
1: Yes, but don't use it. But don't use the cotton round to like look and be like, oh, did I get all the dirt and oil off? Use it to to apply something, right? You're using it as an applicator, not as a remover.
2: Yeah, I think we need to shift the shift the narrative on toners because I think yeah, back in the day, that's how they were kind of looked at. Totally. A toner is not a cleanser. You can't replace a cleanser with a toner, I promise you.
1: Yes, that's the other thing. So if you say, I get home and I first get witch hazel out and I put that all over my face, that's not washing your face at the end of the day. That's not the same thing. And also, as we were speaking about last week, a toner, sometimes, like if you're using a cleanser and like we were saying before, it's not pH balanced, some of these ingredients that you're using can't enter your skin until your skin is at a lower pH. So, like we just found out together, the ideal pH for vitamin C to enter your skin is a 2.5. And so like we were just saying, if you're using a soap that's at a nine, how are you going to get it down to 2.5 before you use that really expensive vitamin C that you're about to put on your skin? You have to use a toner to adjust the pH of your skin to get it low enough. And in that case, you would use something with a low pH, like a lactic acid or glycolic toner to get your pH low enough to be able to absorb those ingredients. This is why, like if you're, if I know that we have a lot of professional estheticians that are listening and I'm sure that they know this, but you know, before we do a chemical peel, you cleanse the skin and then you use something that's really astringent that's going to pull your pH down even lower so that the chemical peel that we then put on can get really deep product penetration can go like into the deepest layers of the epidermis or the dermis if you if you're a medical professional yeah. and you're doing some really that deep degrease that shit that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is that we're doing. But also I want to say that that isn't for everybody. Like, I don't think that every person needs to be completely decreasing their skin before they put the products on, you know, follow. If you have a professional skincare advisor that you can speak to follow their directions. And if nothing else, just read the directions and the products that you're using. The amount of women that use a product and like, I don't know if it's working. And I say, well, what is it? What did the directions say? And they say, well, I didn't read the directions. Or who will say, like, I was using that and it gave me an allergic reaction. And I'll say, well, what the directions say? And the directions say to use, you know, a dime-sized amount once a week. And they're using a quarter-sized amount once a day. And it's like, well, girl, you're overusing this product. So, of course, your skin is going to react like this. Read the directions, especially if you're using something that is medical or professional-grade. You have to use the directions because that shit works. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I think I've told this story before, but a client of mine who had been coming to me for facials for a couple of years comes in one day and I'm like, what is happening? Her skin was so textured. It was irritated, more congested than usual. And she, without consulting me, she bought two new toners. I mean, he was using one in the morning after cleansing and one at night after cleansing. And one of them was called something, something resurfacer. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I forget what it was called, but basically both of them had acids in there. And so she was completely stripping her skin with these toners Mm. to the point that her skin was trying to defend itself by making these bumps, essentially. And this also just comes to my point of sometimes when your skin is bumpy, it's not necessarily acne. It can be irritation. Mm hmm. Because what she thought was, oh, my skin is bumpy. Let me now use this other toner more. for Resurfacing yeah. toner to get rid of those bumps. And it was making it worse.
1: It was her skin trying to say, girl, back off. Leave yeah, me listen, alone. Listen
2: to your skin always. And just because someone touts a product as being amazing, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. And that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: I had um, a friend of mine. You know that brand DMK? Mm-hmm. I know people love it. I don't personally... Um, I've never used it. I've heard great things. But anyway, she bought two products from her esthetician from this brand and they were each like a hundred bucks. They weren't cheap. And she was getting breakouts. She never she's not someone who breaks out. She gets facials because she enjoys them and more for like age prevention. It was crazy. She stopped using them. Her skin got better. She tried to use them again. (laughs) a month later, and it broke out again. Mm. And she was, she tried using them for a bit to see if her skin got used to it.
1: Her skin just didn't like them. People think that it's like, yeah, it just have to use... I know that there's a process of, like, my skin just getting used to it. And it's like, I don't think that that's true. Not when it was looking like how her skin was looking. And yeah. she...
2: You know, it's like you want to like a product because other people do, but maybe it's not right for you. Skin care is very individual and that's always important to remember.
1: A hundred percent. Just yes. because someone
2: is using Paula's Choice BHA doesn't mean you need it. A hundred percent.
1: Yes. I've repeated
2: that 25 times in the last well, few weeks.
1: Well, because it's true. <laughs> yeah. A skin, it's not for everybody. Exactly. Alex, you said it perfectly and it's difficult because we want to... I mean, it's kind of like makeup. It's not for everybody. Just because something looks good on your friend doesn't mean it's going to look good on you. Because everything is so individualized. We are individual, unique, special creatures as much as... <laughs> like, I like,
2: could have bangs, but like not everyone <laughs> can have bangs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as much as that's like ruined us as millennials, it's the truth. It's like we're all individual. We're all unique and we all need different things. And just because... You have acne and your friend has acne doesn't mean that it's the same acne and doesn't mean that what's un- like underlying it is the same whatsoever. You know, ho- hopefully sometimes you get lucky. Hopefully sometimes you get lucky. But more often than not, I find the opposite is that like people are like, well, my friend used this and it worked really well. And they told me to use it. And my skin looks like this now.
2: I'm like, hi, listen to me. Not your friend.
1: <laughs> Hi, listen to me, the person who works on skin every day in Brooklyn, New York, where we <laughs> see literally every shade under the rainbow.
2: <laughs> I think it's hard because, um, oh, I had a client who wanted to book with me. She, she's friends with another client of mine. And she asked if I do a consult with her beforehand because her skin is really finicky. I was like, yeah, sure. We can do like a FaceTime. And yeah, she sure. was hard. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I know I'm acting like, yeah, hey, yeah, whatever. So she was at home. So she pulled, she started pulling out some of her products for me to see. And she had this product that was $200. It was from another country. And she was like, oh yeah, I got it because my friend uses it and her skin is amazing. And I'm like, number one, how do you know it's that product that's making her skin amazing? Number two, what is her skin like? In relation to your skin, yes. I I didn't necessarily say it like that to her. I was kind about it.
1: That was kind. That's not rude.
2: Yeah, I thought it was pretty kind.
1: And (laughs) and she agreed. She
2: was just like, "Yeah, I I don't know what possessed me. I just (laughs) her skin was acting up, and she just wanted to well,
1: because fair, because you have no idea. It's like for the most part with beauty, as you and I, Alex, know, the blind leading the blind. But we can see, my friends. We can see. We got twenty twenty vision over here.
2: Twenty twenty, (laughs) baby. Let
1: us direct you." it's Uh, true that was great I feel like I was a little bit worried about this episode I was worried because I was like how much can we really say about toners but Shapiro I think we did it I'm not gonna lie I think that that was a really pretty great overview for the for the beauty baddies I say
2: if this episode made you confused maybe I don't need a toner for now
1: yes good point if this episode made you confused you do not need a toner for now Unless you're using a dial soap, in which case you need more. Please just for the love of God. Do not be like my
2: 66 year old dad.
1: (laughs) Um, next week we are continuing marching down this path. Next week we're gonna we're gonna start to talk about well, before we do correctives, we're gonna do masks. Talking about some masks, we're gonna talk about some exfoliators. (gasps) Shapiro. Mm. Your favorite. I just got turned on. I know we're doing by the E word the e-word we're going to be doing a deep dive into exfoliators i think that's more important than masks masks are like uh eh. sometimes you want one sometimes you don't oh no they could be fun no that's gonna be fun too but i feel like before we do masks i feel like exfoliation is necessary whereas yes. like a mask is is yes. more of a weekly treatment you know
2: 1000 percent. sometimes a client will be like what mask should i be using and i'm like do you want to use one
1: Yeah. And I'm sometimes they're like, what mask do you use? I'm like, can you just exfoliate? Can you just get the pumice powder that I told you to? you get first of all, and start there and then we'll move on to a mask. It's true. So I'm excited to talk about that. That's going to be great. Me too. So as
2: always, you can DM or email us your listener letters and your Beauty Body Moments of the Week on Instagram at truebeautybrokenpodcast or truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow our personal Instagram accounts if you want to be really bored out of your mind. I'm at Alex Lindley.
1: I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. And mine actually isn't boring. Mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make little reels. I'm making reels about um my decor moments. I'm making reels about my outfits. I'm just making reels. I'm just having fun. I'm making shit. It's it's a good time. That's I'm fun. Like, I do post in my stories.
2: So if you want some entertainment, look at my stories. I know,
1: Alex, you need to big yourself up a little bit more. My mm-hmm.
2: ADD really shines in my stories <laughs> because one post will be about chickens, the next will be a photo of my cat, the next will be about skincare, another one will be my availability for the week.
1: <laughs> you see, a little bit of something for everybody. <laughs> little something for you. Yeah, maybe it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's great. I think it's fab. Um, You can make an in-person or virtual appointment at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com to hang with me, Elizabeth. And you can make an in-person appointment with Alex at CheekyBrooklyn.com. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The True Beauty Brooklyn podcast is produced by Beta Wave and Elizabeth Taylor and is mixed by Beta Wave. Follow us on Instagram at TrueBeautyBrooklynPodcasts. And if you'd like to further support the show, consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.
2: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death